0: Welcome to this episode of All the Best Craft Banter. Today, we are speaking with Shanley Thompson from Yakima Chief Hops, talking about all the new and exciting information on hops coming out of the Pacific Northwest and really around the world, as well as some insights as to when you should be looking at doing your ordering. Stay tuned. That's coming up. We want to shout out to Connect Logistics and thank them for their annual sponsorship of the Alberta Small Brewers Association makes a significant difference in us being able to do our advocacy work on behalf of Alberta's small brewers. All right. Just before we get to our conversation with Shanley, I want to remind everyone we have a really exciting May coming up here in Alberta, May 6th and 7th. You can check out the Calgary international beer fest, go to albertabeerfestivals.com, get some more information, get your tickets. May 11th, Alberta small brewers association and big rock brewery are hosting an industry social to kick off the next few days. Really exciting, gonna be music, gonna be beer, gonna be food, only $20, open to the public. Check out ShowPass and search Industry Social for that event, again, May 11th. Then on May 14th, we're really excited to see the awarding of the Canadian Brewing Awards for 2022. Really hopeful we can see another Alberta Brewery bring home top prize of Brewery of the Year. So thank you, Shanley, for joining us today from Yakima Chief Hawks. Um, I think we'll start with the basics. How do you figure into craft beer?
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Well, first of all, thank you. I've been in the craft beer space for about five or six years now, but in beverage alcohol for approximately 10 at this point. I started in food science at the University of Manitoba and did my master's in food science at Purdue University, um, which led me to a job with Diageo doing formulation um, with Smirnoff products, Smirnoff ice, a lot of Smirnoff (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and uh, and from there, I realized, you know, big corporate beverage was not my scene, despite the perks and how fun it was. I was looking for something a little more uh, down to earth, wholesome. Um, So I really wanted to focus on craft beer. So um, I went to UC Davis, did their master brewers program uh, and got my first job as a brewer in uh, in Pacific, Washington. So about an hour outside of Seattle and worked in uh in you know that space as a brewer for about two years two or three at this point two and a half we'll say (laughs) off and on because I had to move back to Minnesota to, to be with family for a little bit and then I came back to the west coast um where I I based myself in Vancouver and worked for an ingredient company there for the last two years and then uh yeah came to Yakima Chief and uh now I sell hops, so that's my, my 30 seconds spiel. I've been, been kind of in a lot of different spaces at this point in this industry.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good though, it gives you a well-rounded background so that you know when you're talking to, whether it's a beer enthusiast or a brewer, like you got all the bases covered. Exactly,
1: yes, I I can talk pretty, pretty well about, you know, what not to do in a brewery <laughs> and how not to run a brewery and what not to do. <laughs>
0: Well, that that's really interesting. I mean, the food science part of it is a very, I find dynamic because there's so much innovation within craft beer. So how have you put that into play with the hops side of things?
1: I think, well, especially with what Yakima Chief is doing, we're kind of... Well, we're a hop company. We, we're owned by farmers. We're more of a co-op style. So um, we have 15 farmers that also own the company, and then 52 within our network um, that we get supply from, um, which allows us to be a little more liberal in our academic space, and our research space. So we have a huge team that is on campus at our Yakima's facilities doing research on new new ways to utilize hops how hops can be utilized soluble compounds within those hops including uh you know the fires and uh and smoke taint so you know utilization of smoke taint hops so really having a background in food science and understanding what we're working on as a team allows me to then you know uh, distill down that information and disseminate it to, to the brewers who are really using it. Um, and our our group of R&D specialists are are really, that's, we're hyper-focused on what hops do in beer, full stop, how can we make it easier? How can we make it to where, if you're using hops in your beer, you know exactly what's gonna happen. Taking the mystery out of it and include, increasing the consistency so yeah having that food science pieces is is kind of essential in knowing how to talk about what we're doing because it changes all the time (laughs) yeah so much is going on for
0: sure well even like you say the smoke i mean that was a big factor last year i find i mean i've only been in the space for about two years but we had a very smoky year last year it was beyond i think most what most people remember in years prior so it's interesting how you guys are adapting to that and making it possible but even though the profiles of those hops may have changed they're still usable
1: yeah and and I think that's that's a big thing that we're trying to work on because right now there's not a lot you can do with the smoke tainted hops so it's it's really looking at prevention at this point so at what point in the harvest especially when the smoke is incredibly thick should we be harvesting for example is there is there an impact if we harvest earlier than later during that smoke saturation point uh, or or can we turn it into a secondary product like extract cryo just use the bract so is it's a lot of just figuring out whether or not we can use these hops because you know climate change is is continuing we don't know whether or not we're going to have a smoky year or if you know the smoke's going to be worse or better it's it's you know figuring out how to use these hops because at this point and in years prior when it's been really bad basically if you smell smoke in your hops we need to take that whole lot out if that's a million pounds or if that's half a million pounds that's compost, and that's a lot of hard work, effort, and dedication that you know, basically is gone to waste. Um, and of course, you know compost is great. We use it for a lot of different things, and we're not throwing in the garbage and setting fire to it. it's It's definitely being utilized in a secondary manner, but that's that's not hops that are on the market at this point. so it's it's front of mind for us
0: mm-hmm, for sure. And you mentioned how many farmers that you work with and is that worldwide or is that just North America?
1: So we have, um, it is worldwide essentially. So we have, um, we've just signed up with uh, Mac Hops out of New Zealand. So that's an individual hop farm in New Zealand who's doing an amazing job at at sustainable practices down there. So we're working exclusively with them coming from New Zealand. And then we have farmers in uh, the UK, the Czech Republic and Germany. And I might, be missing a country there don't quote me on that but yes it is worldwide predominantly most of our hops are coming from the pacific northwest so idaho oregon and washington simply because we can really handle our uh our secondary manufacturing so unlike most distributors so basically we we control that whole supply chain the hop farms grow it we get the baled hops and then we pellet it, cryo it, extract it, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yes, it is worldwide, but we we focus mainly on the United States of America hops.
0: Gotcha. But that having that kind of a network allows you to have basically every style of hops. Um, Maybe you can touch on that a little bit for the beer enthusiasts that might be listening, but don't really understand how that
1: differs. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's a huge thing is that you know globally and worldwide hops can grow anywhere it's it's a very hardy plant but different varieties don't grow necessarily well in different places so if you're looking for more traditional german style beers and you want to use those german style hops so more noble so less bitter more floral aroma for example you're going to want to look to germany because that's where they grow the best that's where they've developed over hundreds of years really and sustainable practices in growing these hops that we can then use here for those those specialty brews or not so specialty brews some people just love german hops in every style so and and it's just really fascinating to me especially from the agronomic side how we can use some of these 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 genetics from hops that grow in Germany or, or the UK, um, or even right now we're looking at Japan, because they, they have different characteristics that might be beneficial to us, such as drought-resistant genetics or heat resistance or disease resistance in some way. How do we incorporate those aspects of those varieties that grow well in other, other parts of the world to be able to create these, these um, hybrids that are still tasting like a citra or a mosaic or traditionally US variety, but also have the characteristics that we want to be able to continue to grow them even in a changing climate. Hmm.
0: That's really interesting. And you mentioned, sorry, I'm probably gonna jump around a little bit here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you mentioned <laughs> sustainability at a, a couple of times already. So is that something that's central to Yakma Chief and a priority?
1: Yeah, I mean, what what has blown my mind about this company? And again, I'm fairly new. I'm within my first year here, um, but having been in the industry and worked for other ingredient suppliers, what's blown my mind is the transparency that that Yakima Chief has about their hops. We're we're an open book about a lot of what we do. Include like we have a corporate social responsibility page that's front and center. Take a look at it. You know, understand what we're doing. We work a lot with you know the yakima tribe um because that's the land that we're we're growing on so how do we work with the tribe sustainable practices are within their nature and within ours as well so how do we combine the two forces to really develop a a a supply chain that will never go away what we do a lot not just from a sustainability point as far as like agricultural practices we, we have for example 10 different farmers plus it, they keep adding that are salmon safe certified for example so you know ensuring that their practices are not affecting the watershed and being salmon safe so we can continue having salmon um and salmon populations that are healthy and continue to grow so that's you know one aspect of it we've got one of the largest solar panel installations um, on one of our one of the main one of our own grower owners, but also one of our main hop suppliers. Um, so he's basically eighty to ninety percent of his whole hop facility is run off of solar power. But also included in that is the sustainability of like the actual supply chain. So what we try to do is what's front and center to us is return to grower, and that's a huge thing for us. So. Regardless of whether or not you own the company, whether or not you're one of our suppliers, we encourage we encourage them to work on sustainable practices by paying them really well for their hops. So we we give them a part of their revenue is 76% of every box everything you buy 76% of that goes back to the farmer that grew it so we operate that includes all of our cryoing, extracting, all of those additional practices in creating the hops and all of the research is built within that 24 to 25% that Yakima Chief takes. So it's, yeah, it's what we want to do is ensure that they're being paid fairly for their hops, but encourage them and and make them want to grow hops for us and for this, this amazing industry. Um, So that like, that's, that crazy transparency allows us to create not only from like an environmentally sustainable side, but from a supply chain side. You know, how do we encourage people to want to grow hops and and grow them in a sustainable manner? How do we get them to build programs that you know, like Mike Mike at Loftus Farms, he's he added all those solar panels because he's paid fairly and he can he can then you know encourage others to to become fully solarized. So yeah it's it's just fascinating what what other things lie below you know that's a box of hops it's it's a sustainable box of hops you know and i think that's what i'd like to see more brewers really identifying like i don't know other other suppliers or distributors that are you know have that information out there and if they have that information let's all talk about it Mm -hmm. you know because that's it's so important for you to be asking about what's in your beer and then beyond that like is this a sustainable thing like am i going to have these hops in five years because that that ground can also grow grapes and apples right. and <laughs> berries and you know what if it's not profitable for them to grow hops they're not going to right so <laughs>
0: No, so true. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, it's a business case on all ends, right? And if they can grow any of those other things sustainably as well, like why wouldn't they, but it is definitely a consumer value add. I mean, from you guys to a brewery and then to the final consumer. I mean, we're all kind of looking for that. We all want to ensure that we're making responsible choices. So I, I think that's really
1: important for people to hear.
0: i had no idea
1: right no and a lot of people don't and that's that's just it and i like i have problems with other suppliers just because i'm like okay now that i've seen this like if you're doing the same thing i want you to yell it i want you to tell us about this too because i'm like is it just us are we doing this by ourselves because the brewing industry including all the suppliers and the ingredients it's an ecosystem my competitor if they go down, that, that doesn't work out for anyone. Like you know, I'm I want the whole industry to be promoted up. And I think that's kind of a a general um, that's kind of how how our mind works is you know, all of our research that we publish is published, you know, like we we want you to know this so you can you can be better as as a farmer or as a supplier. you know, we want the industry to be brought up as as a whole so we can continue making amazing beer right and people have options very true yeah I think
0: that's a a good vibe in the industry overall we all just want to see each other succeed like no one wants anyone to leave the space we just want to make the space bigger for everyone to be a part of it exactly. so yeah so that that's really interesting and we again I'm sorry I'm jumping around but <laughs> we saw last year Barley obviously did not have a great year, especially here in Alberta.
1: How is hops looking? Fantastic. Last year's crop was great. We were really concerned because of the heat dome that happened Um, and that that of course is a concern and there were fires that were nearby, but the heat dome really didn't affect very much, Um, Mm -hmm. not significantly anyways, uh, to a point where we're concerned Volume was good, um, quality was fantastic, especially of certain hops uh, like Chinook, unbelievable. And Chinook's one of my favorites to begin with. Those sea hops, you know, <laughs> like it's it's old school, but it it just imparts so much flavor. Yeah, and that's that's the nice thing about being somewhat local to you know the West is that we're we're able to kind of see and and mitigate that through you know better 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 storaging and and freight pricing and um we have a huge logistics team that's really on ensuring that like we're not changing the prices very much obviously it's supply demand and and one thing and i mentioned this is is contracting plays a big part in this as well we contracting everyone hates it's it's <laughs> like no one likes contracting and i get it it's it's hard especially after 2020 and the pandemic and not knowing whether or not you'll be open to be able to to forecast how many hops you're going to need of a variety that's it's hard it is and the problem is that that is that's a roadmap for our farmers Mm -hmm. so if you don't tell us that you want even half as much citra or mosaic or chinook or whatever we can't plant that, we can't plan for that. It directly affects how much acreage we're going to put in the ground. And of course there's models and we've been working on this for a while, but essentially if no one's contracting, we can't put it in the ground. And Mount Hood's a really good example of this. And there's some varieties that are like, well, no one contracted it. It doesn't seem to be very popular. We can't afford the acreage Mm -hmm. because Citra is more popular. We wanna put in more, more Citra. It's more, you know, what people are looking for so we have to phase out older varieties and some people get mad about that because their hops aren't there anymore and it's like well you didn't tell me (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so contracting is super important to be able to understand supply and demand and plant accordingly and then you know be able to control the supply chain in a more effective and efficient manner so this year was good though. I am it was my my first full harvest year. I've gone down for fresh hops before and this was my first. I was there for a month in Yakima and it was it was an experience.
0: Sure. I can only imagine. <laughs> But I think it'd be fun. One of the first times I met some of the barley farmers, I was literally at a, a harvest dinner. So I was out in the field while they were plowing, and
1: amazing. it was
0: amazing. Yeah. So those are interesting experiences.
1: Well, it's, it's an <laughs> open invitation. Yakima oh. Chief has, you know, you're even if you're not buying from us, you're not a brewer, please come down. We have our farmers open their doors so you can see the harvest going on in real time. It's it's <laughs> really incredible experience.
0: Yeah, that sounds amazing. You're giving me ideas on arranging trips <laughs> for people now that we can actually no go far. places. <laughs> it's it's really not. not. <laughs> I know a lot of us enjoy camping and whatnot, so I'm sure we can make it a very fun time.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> it's and you know what? The Yakima Valley is stunning. It is yeah. stunning the the fields not only you know it smells like hops everywhere but it um you know you're not far from any of the cascades so you can go on these unbelievable hikes within about an hour like Mount Rainier National Park is right there um and the wine you know if you're getting tired of beer the wine is unbelievable and cider because you're right there so it's it's a great time it's a <laughs> harvest is a great time
0: awesome yeah that sounds amazing I I think we'll connect on that uh. <laughs> uh so to jump back to your point though um on contracts so when is the time that ideally you would have Brewers let you know on a contract what they're looking for
1: I we like to have them around now um going into you know around February March April May just because that allows you know last minute plantings to happen if you need to change Ideally, you do it the year before. To be honest with you, and then sure. you just add what you need or take away what you need just last minute. But that doesn't always happen. And I think the problem is that because we are the suppliers, we're asking for a different contract. So we're asking because we need to know what goes in the ground. Distributors do it by contract year, so that's more annual. Um, and so it kind of gets muddled up with you know who's doing what. You know so. For us, it, it really is a roadmap for for our farmers to be able to put those in the ground. For distributors, it's more like, how much are they buying from us to distribute? Right. So they don't have, they've got different contract guidelines that they need to adhere to. So yeah, ideally around now is when we need to know. Yeah. We have until mid-August to really change it up because obviously people are changing it and moving it around, but um, we're already sold out of some varieties you know so it's because because the anticipation is that you don't need it so it's it really is very helpful and i mean that as much as i say it's not a downfall of our our company it's more just you're going to have to find it elsewhere and and you don't know what the quality was going to be and you don't know you know the specifics of this um so yeah it's it's just really dynamic <laughs>
0: No, that's that's totally fair though. But I think a lot of people want to be planning, especially after the last two years and especially with costs rising this year. So if you can plan ahead and say, this is what I'm going to need, I'm going to use. And then you almost kind of tie yourself to that. So you can even plan your products based on what you've already said that you're going to want. So Absolutely. I think, it, yeah, it just provides certainty for everyone involved. And-
1: right, and, and the problem was that if years ago we had uh, issues with with how much was available in the market just because of a multitude of different factors so really companies were sort of saying no we need to know like a five-year plan where we need to know a two-year plan we definitely need you to contract 100 percent of those years and i think what happened is people got you know they they over they thought that there was going to be um a a shortage across the market and there wasn't and now they're stuck with older crop year and I think some people got burned and I I get it it's not easy to be able to forecast out but I mean we're we're here now and I think there's a lot of our company is here to help more than anything and uh, and understand what you need you know so we we don't get in those situations for sure yeah
0: so yeah I think like like I said it just creates certainty for everyone and why not right do what you can
1: for sure well and if if you're big enough and not not everyone is but if you're big enough you can go down for selection which is kind Mm. of it we're one of few companies that offer that because again we're the farmers we can do that (laughs) but you can go and you can if you if you contract five thousand pounds of one variety every thousand pounds of any other variety after that is what we call selectable so you can go and you can pick essentially the lot that the farmer has that works with your product the best that you huh. like the most and then that whole year that's your product so you know it's it's interesting especially some of the large breweries in the US to see what they're picking and what flavor profile they're looking for which can be absolutely crazy and you know they they could be going from like two or three lots like yeah this is this is a beautiful um a beautiful mosaic you know i'm looking for for onion and garlic in that and i'm looking for dank and and some people are like i just want purple and blueberry and 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 you know passion fruit and it's fascinating seeing the range of of what one variety can do and what people are looking for
0: i feel like there's a whole podcast to be done on that alone
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know you you think again i've worked for ingredient suppliers before and all i knew about the hops were this is a box, this is how much is in the box, and this is the year that it was harvested. And that's it. Mm. And now I'm going, well, you know, I can tell you who the farmer was. We do a sensory on every single lot that comes in, which is is insane, especially since we don't have like a giant team, but we're smelling every lot that comes in so we can flag for smoke taint. We can ensure that, you know, the quality is good. Or, you know, when you are coming to pick, a lot, we have those flavor profiles available for you to to know about ahead of time. Or even if you're not selecting, if you're just a, a brewer who wants a certain type of Citra, I can go into our database and be like, Yeah, I can find that for you. How much do you want of that, you know, and it's, it opens up a whole new world of being able to understand what you're putting in your beer.
0: For sure. Yeah. And so kind of on that, is there anything I guess new and innovative and exciting that uh you guys are working on or that maybe someone has come to you with and said you were kind of like oh let's see if we can do that
1: it's there's so many different things um (laughs) like i work with the biggest beer nerds in the industry shamelessly biggest (laughs) beer nerds and that that's everyone from the ceo down to to us you know that like harvest is just a giant beer share at that point you've got people coming from all over America Canada Mexico and Europe with beers that they made with other brewers or you know things they've been sitting on since 2003 and you know it's it's crazy so they're always thinking 20 steps ahead when it comes to innovation um so we've got frozen fresh hops this year which is um, essentially, you know, frozen blueberries, we have someone who does plant and, and have frozen berries. We did, we got them to use, uh, allow us to use their, um, their, their frozen, their flash frozen, you know, machine do that for fresh hops. So it allows people to use them, not just at fresh hop time, but any time of the year. And it also allows people to, you know, like up in the Yukon, you can do frozen. you can do a fresh up beer. You don't have to drive down to Yakima and pick up a box and use it the same day. it It just opens up that world. Um, we have you know the new um, they're called HBC varieties, so hop breeding companies, so new varieties that aren't on the market yet, necessarily in bulk. Um, we always get people to test uh, with those, you know, to understand whether or not they would even be good varieties to have out on the market and be commercialized. We, uh, I mean, and and now, right now, which is brand new and blowing my mind because people are so innovative. Brewers are so innovative. <laughs> yes. It's mash hopping. So we've, okay. you know, Phantasm has been on the market now for about a year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, using thials coming from, from those grape skins and in conjunction with like a thial um, expressing yeast that that's been fascinating but now people are just taking high precursor thialed, you know uh, uh, hops and putting them in their mash so you know getting the same effect but using old hops or using hops that aren't necessarily um that common right now so fascinating stuff going on there and we're just like what so we're we're working on you know using we have a a product called american noble and that's just the brack that's just the the vegetal matter with a little bit of lupulin added back in and that seems to be doing really well in mass shopping and it's a it's a more less expensive product and you get again these crazy flavors that the thought that the files and the yeast are producing that you never get any other way so it, this industry is insane
0: <laughs> it is though you're not wrong like you hear about what people are doing and when they do bring in new things and you're just like, okay now we're on a new adventure it's fantastic yeah. yeah okay cool that's interesting to hear what you're working towards with the fresh hops because obviously you know it, it's been a thing here alberta where we do have a few more hop growers year after year which is amazing to see but yeah getting the fresh hop we I think we have two pelletizers. Maybe we've upped that since the last time I asked, but you know, fresh hops is kind of where we have to be at if you wanna use what we're growing here right away. So it's nice to hear that there is something coming to market that allows those hops to be used, not directly by people who are adjacent to the field.
1: (laughs) Right, and I think it's great to see, and and, and there are varieties that we do fresh hops with that people want. I think it's really important to say as well that you know we 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 want you to use frozen fresh hops because there are varieties that don't grow in Alberta or BC Mm -hmm. or Saskatchewan that that, you know they're either just not going to grow well or they're not gonna be quality. But we like to see, you know, brewers using fresh hops from places that are local because ultimately we want to see local agriculture that's what we're all about is local agriculture so if there are varieties that grow really well in alberta and they taste good in a fresh hop we're not saying don't use them we're not saying no just use the frozen no like that's awesome support local agriculture for sure because that's ultimately where we're at and that's ultimately where where you know we want to see thriving industries absolutely
0: Yeah. I mean, I I always go back to our field to glass story in Alberta too. So it's, you know, we, we try to promote that. Like we've got amazing barley. We're doing okay on the hops. We're getting there. But yeah, you know, we, we promote that story because we do like the local aspect of it, but we love having partners that can help us out when those they're like spots that need to be filled. And we do have so much innovation going on that we need partners like Yakima Chief. So is there anything else kind of coming up that you think a manufacturer uh, potentially should be aware of or thinking about at this point?
1: It's a big question. <laughs> that is a big question. As far, I mean, it, it depends on what the goal is of of the beverage manufacturer. It depends on the goal of of the brewery, and it depends on the goal of the brewer. I think that's just my opinion. And I know that myself and I've had discussions with even some of our distributors about this, I think what we're seeing, especially with with this continuation of accountability in the industry, I think it's gonna be more important. I kind of touched on this. I think it's going to be more important for, for people to understand where their products are coming from and if you align with your supplier. Mm-hmm. value-wise and 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 otherwise and and you know it's not it's not a sexy answer like oh yeah we got <laughs> new products coming along that's what you need to know about i think it goes way beyond that at this point and that's where my mind is at is yes you can get cheap hops. yes you can get a fun loving you know sales manager and some swag but i think at least what i've been observing is we're seeing you know more accountability come to breweries i'd like to see and i think what we should start talking about more is the accountability within the suppliers group and within you know beyond that even like the, the festivals group the associations like where if if breweries are being held accountable why aren't we why aren't the suppliers how are we as as a whole supply chain you know, brought into that, that vertical, you know, vertical accountability, you know, that's, that's important. So it's not a sexy answer. It's not, you know, (laughs) like, totally, we got new products everywhere. That's what you should be focusing on. No, I think it it needs to go beyond that at this point. And let's start evaluating. Let's start, let's start seeing where we need to be in this space.
0: No, I, I respect that 100%. And like, I, I, mentioned earlier i think a lot of our our members would as well you know we we make efforts within the association for sustainability practices and environmentally friendly we have an esg committee so if anyone's interested in joining you can help us out Mm -hmm. um but you know uh the people we work with it's great to know that there are efforts being made in all of the spaces
1: that this industry deals with absolutely and it's not you know for us to call people out it's more just as a brewer start asking questions you know and and we i know we can answer most of them we're still a work in progress for sure but let's let's start asking questions what are you doing with sustainability what are you doing with the farmers what are they getting paid what are their workers being paid you know those kind of what are you talking like are you talking about diversity at your job is there diversity and if there is not what kind of values do you hold and are you planning on increasing that or or whatever the case is you know again it's not to call anyone out it's more just like maybe we should start asking these questions for sure
0: i think that's all the questions i had for now like i said we could dive right into <laughs> several of these and do an entire afternoon of podcasting for the sake of our listeners who might be switching some stuff over to bright tanks or who knows uh, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on maybe
1: that i didn't ask i think we covered a lot <laughs> I think we did. No, not at all. This has been awesome. And, you know, I'm excited about where Alberta beer is going. I think there's so much room for growth and we're just seeing it explode. One thing I will say, which is exciting and just happened, um, we are going to have domestic warehousing in uh, Western Canada. So no longer will you need to order from Yakima directly. (laughs) It'll be here. Um, And that means Canadian dollars. That means, you know, we're fully present in, um, in Western Canada and Eastern Canada, but doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm just smoking my boss. Anyways, yeah, no, it's uh it it's exciting. So it's an exciting time for us. We're we're hitting the ground up here and you can still buy from, from CMG. We're not taking it away, I promise. That's always a concern, but we'll also be an option here available um, domestically. So
0: awesome. my my
1: information I'm sure you can get and
0: <laughs> I'm around. Oh yes, that will be connected in the description. So, anyone who wants more information, information from Shanley, easy to get. You may get inundated with emails. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but at the very least, we're uh, we're looking forward to seeing a more of our events, hopefully, and our conference, especially in October. And yeah, putting a face to a name and talking in person, finally. <laughs>
1: yes, absolutely. Yes. And I'm excited for the CBAs. We will be, we will be around, I promise. <laughs>
0: Perfect, yes. we will <They'll> see us. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Really, really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right, thank you so much, Shanley Thompson from GAC and Pops. Really appreciate the conversation. Some really great insights and information in there. And just a reminder, May's super exciting with Alberta Beer Fest hosting the Calgary International Beer Festival. We've got the Industry Social hosted by Alberta Small Brewers and Big Rock Brewery. And then the Canadian Brewing Award is going to be awarded on May 14th. So do some online check-in, get your tickets, and stay tuned.